Hi, Dave Foreman here with another edition of Whatever, the show that keeps on going, no matter how hard people try to stop it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Having a good day, are you? I hope so. Uh, it's a, a nice time of year because we're on our way to spring, and uh, it's always good to see daylight at the end of the winter tunnel. Uh, so I hope that uh, your day is going well, whatever time of day it is when you get your podcast, because that's the beauty of uh, this kind of show. You can listen to it whenever you like. So, now, let's get to it. And before I start, please put the guns away. Oh my goodness, another shooting. I, I just, I'm afraid to turn on the news anymore because it just is one mass shooting after another again again in the u.s uh three in the state of california just in the last 48 hours i think it is uh, i just can't believe how terrible this situation is and they've got to do something about it they can talk about it all they want but nobody is doing anything that makes any sense they just have to take the automatic weapons and the guns per se out of the hands of private citizens there's no need for them to have it now what do you need a gun for for starters okay you want to be a gun collector collect replicas or something or collect matchbook covers or champagne bottle corks or something harmless to everybody the other thing is why in the world are these assault guns being sold to citizens out of retail stores? It's totally unnecessary and totally ridiculous. Manufacturers should be told the only people you sell those kind of guns for are the military. I know that's not a cure, but it's a good start. The other thing that bothers me is the constant wrangling over how much taxes everybody should pay. I really think it would be a, a step forward if we just threw out all the tax act with all its loopholes and said, okay, everybody pays 12% of whatever they make, period, the end. No fancy stuff, no loopholes, no offshore accounts, no, none of that BS. Just pay a percentage of what you make. If I make 100000 a year, I pay $12,000. If I make 200000 a year, I pay $24,000. If I make 50000 a year, I pay $6,000. Now, doesn't that make a lot more sense than having all this fancy stuff? Now, mind you, I know it would it would cut back, and for all my accounting friends, I, I hope I'm not uh, talking heresy here, but I know it would uh, cut the job opportunities for accountants because, gosh, uh, if this is not a two-and-a-half-inch thick tax act, then there's there's not a whole market there for services to be rendered and helping people fill it out because they don't understand it or helping fill it out because they want to avoid paying. Everybody pays, everybody wins. It's a simple philosophy, and I think it's a workable one. Anyway, there's my soapbox for this morning. I will uh, go get myself a bottle of uh, untreated water and uh, get to some music for you, and I'll talk to you about it after it finishes. <laughs> If a man answers your phone when I call, you're gonna hear some screaming, that ain't all. Cause if I'm 
Bobby Darren song, and uh, that was yours truly singing. Uh, not me, a guy named yours truly. No, that, that was me, that was me. Uh, back in the halcyon days of my youth, when I played in the band, and occasionally they let me get up to the mic and sing. Have you ever noticed that when anybody gets a microphone in their hands and starts singing, they immediately develop a um, an American accent? <laughs> I don't know why that is. It just happens. I want to say hi today to uh, George in Edmonton, Michelle in Vancouver, and Diane in BC. Diane's my sister, but don't tell anyone. I just a little nepotism on the old show here. You know, it's funny. I was putting together what I was going to do for this 
podcasts, I, I, I do think about it in advance, you know. I don't just get up here and talk my face off into a microphone. But I'm still very, very busy. I have to decide what uh, what TV shows I'm going to sleep through and uh, what sporting events I'm going to uh, ignore. <laughs> I be, this little pillbox is, is, is a very important thing in my life. I mean, it makes sure that I... I take all my pills on the right days and at the right time of day. You got to get these things organized and uh, and make make good use of your time. The challenges that face people are my age are many and varied. I mean, lots of things that I that I have to do. For instance, I I was a little late for for work uh, today. I have a home office and. Uh, I have to watch the traffic going by, by the washroom and and the kitchen and you know the main areas of the apartment. And I, I did promise my wife a hot breakfast, so I had to get the Cheerios in the oven and before I started my daily toil. Rock and Ray Michaels here. Listen to Dave Foreman on the Whatever Show wherever you get your podcast. That's an order. Some pieces of music evoke powerful and memorable memories in your mind. I'd like to play one for you now, so indulge me as we let our imaginations wander. Picture, if you will, a quaint little fishing village on the Bay of Cassis. Down a side street is a cafe called Le Chaudron. At a table for one, on the terrace, just out of the gently falling rain, sits a beautiful woman. She manages a polite smile as a handsome waiter places a latte in front of her but it's obvious her thoughts are far away, on a summer of unforgettable romance. But now, as fall approaches, the loneliness is tangible. History is everywhere. Just a short distance away, the forbidding Chateau d'If recalls the imprisonment of Edmund Dantes, later to become immortalized as the Count of Monte Cristo in the novel by Alexander Dumas. But the lady's mind is on far more recent events, and a young man from somewhere in the Midwestern United States. She sips her latte and scans the street for some familiar sign, but none appears. The rain increases, the atmosphere bittersweet, the memories delicious. The song is Cassis, from the mind the pen, and the somber trumpet of Rick Rayner.
Just a few words about Rick Ragno. He's a native of Winnipeg. He moved for the first time in his life at the age of 14 when he moved with his family to Kelowna, B.C., and he's been uh, peripatetic ever since. <laughs> you can look that up. He's lived and performed across Canada, the USA, and Europe, and has played with such pop artists as Gladys Knight, Martha Reeves, the Funk Brothers, and many others, and with symphony orchestras, big bands, theater pit orchestras, polka bands, recording sessions. He had a 50-year career as a musician. Now, he's like the rest of us. He looks in the mirror and says, where the hell did that 50 years go? A great composer, great player, and a good friend, Rick Rango. Shameless plug. Okay, time for a shameless plug, and uh, we'll invite you to go to Amazon or Kobo and download a book by D.T. Mann. It's a great getaway, an ideal escape from the uh, everyday cares and woes. Pick up a good book and immerse yourself in it. There are eight of them on uh, those two sites, uh, all by D.T. Mann. They're all uh, adventure, a little bit of romance, uh, all that kind of thing, and you'll enjoy every one of them, I'm sure. So um, get yourself over to Kobo uh, or to uh, Amazon and buy yourself a book by DT Man. We'll love you for it. Here's an excerpt from one of her latest, Twice Rescued. It's the story of a guy who makes a deathbed promise to his father that he'll raise his sister as if she were his own daughter. I think you'll enjoy it. Twice Rescued by D.T. Mann. Here's an excerpt. Chance was in the kitchen on the phone with one of his bosses, trying to get out of the trip, but so far, he was fighting a losing battle. Chance, I'll try and sell it to the suits, but I can tell you right now, it's you they want. There isn't anything that's going to change their minds, buddy. What do we offer them for you're not going? You were there when it happened, not anyone else, so it was you, bud. We don't offer them a damn bloody thing, Jack. Chance was raising his voice, even though he liked Jack very much and they were friends. You tell them, he was raising his finger, pointing at no one in particular, since he was on the phone and didn't care. Tell them someone else can go in my place. Joe Billings can do it. He knows as much as I do about this case. He worked close with me on it every day. He might not have been there but may as well have been. That's how close we worked together on the damn case. You can tell them my sister has had some problems, and I need to be here for her. I don't want her left alone. You'll have to try and get me out of this, Jack. That's all I'm asking. Okay, Chance, leave it with me, but I'm not making any promises. Our minds are made up. They don't usually change them. You know that as well as I do. Yeah, yeah, I know. Just do what you can, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Chance had just hung up his phone when he heard Cassidy. Chance, I'm done. Can you help me down, please? God, she actually listened. Will wonders never cease? He left the kitchen and looked up to the top of the stairs where Cass was waiting for him. I should find someone to stay with her while I'm gone, just in case they won't listen. I have to go. I'll get her settled downstairs, feed her, then make some calls. I'll ask Joe first. She'll at least be comfortable with him. Cassidy was about to yell for him again when she saw him at the bottom of the stairs. Stop yelling. They can hear you down on the corner, for heaven's sakes. I wasn't sure you could hear me. Cassie, everyone could hear you, he kissed the tip of her nose. She wrinkled her nose at him. Chance smiled. Come on, let's go. He picked her up like she weighed nothing at all, which actually he thought she really didn't. You need to put on some weight. Oh, no, I don't, and you don't start or I'm leaving. 
Chance kissed her forehead, smiled, and thought to himself, Stubborn little brat, leaving to go where, baby girl? That's the last time you'll be doing the moving out with some guy I don't know. He carried her down to the kitchen and sat her on the counter. Chance, what the hell? Why am I up here? You're there because I put you there. Now that you've been in the hot water, I want to see how bad your bruising is, and you're going to sit there and be quiet. When I'm done checking you over, I'll put new bandages on where they're necessary, and put you down. No, there's no need to look. There's nothing you can do about them. He glared and gave her one of his I-dare-you-to-move-or-say-something looks. Don't push your luck, Cass. Now show me your legs. She held them both up with a smirk. Chance shook his head. One at a time, brat. She knew better than to push him further. He really is worried about me, but I'm not a child, for heaven's sakes. Jeez. He checked both her legs slowly and was not happy as he saw the bruising from Kyle kicking and punching or slapping her. There was one large bruise where it looked like he may have tried to step on her. It was a partial boot print on her thigh. He clenched both fists and tried to control himself. He looked at her arms, then started to lift her shirt. Let me see your tummy, sweetheart. What? No. He was already angry from all the damn bruising and cuts on her little body, but he had to make sure it wasn't worse than just bruises, or if she needed to go to the hospital. Cassie finally relented and showed him. There were some bruises, but nothing serious. He had to ask, though, even if he didn't want to hear the answer. He sat on your tummy, didn't he, honey? She knew he was angry, but she answered him anyway. Yes. He was furious, and now asking her questions through clenched teeth. Does your chest hurt? Is your breathing bothering you? Cass, I want the truth, not what you think you should tell me. Chance, my chest hurts, but only the bruise. That's why to breathe deep hurts. Honest, I'm not lying. Everything else is fine. Chance had closed his eyes and lifted up his head like he was either counting or asking for strength, so she kept quiet. He picked her up and carried her into the living room, placed her on the couch, asked her if she was comfortable, and left to go get their dinner and calm himself down. They had dinner together with hardly any conversation. Chance gathered their dishes and was carrying them into the kitchen when he heard Cassie. Chance? He stopped, turned, and looked at her. What is it, honey? He still wasn't happy, she could tell by the tone of his voice. Are you still angry with me? He continued into the kitchen to put the dishes in the sink. He came back in and walked over to the couch, got down on his haunches so he could look back at her. I'm not angry at you as much anymore as I'm angry at the position you put yourself in. I'm angry at what happened to you and I wasn't there. That's what I'm angry at. But chance it wasn't your fault and you couldn't change anything that happened anyway. Please don't be angry. I hate it when we have tension between us and you're angry. She was crying. Chance leaned over to the end table, took a couple of tissues, and wiped her eyes, cheeks, and told her to blow her nose. I don't like when there's tension between us either, sweetheart, but you put yourself in harm's way this time, and it was wrong. All you had to do was call me, and I'd have helped you before it got to this. There's absolutely no reason for any of this. I know, but I wanted to handle him on my own. I can't have you fight all my battles for me. At some point, I have to stand on my own. You have to let me grow up. I am an adult, you know. So you pick now, with Kyle to do it? Honey, you can't fight an abusive man. He's abused other women. He's known to the marshals. He's always been in trouble. He's guilty of so much, and he's being watched and checked for other offenses. If I'd known how close you were to him, I'd have put a stop to it. 
Don't look at me like that, Cass. He's bad news. You have to keep away from him. He'll come and try to sweet-talk you, get you back, and if you go back, it'll be worse, believe me. If I get wind that you're even thinking about going back to him, you'll not have to worry about how Kyle will treat you, because I'll beat your ass so you won't sit for a very, very long time. Cassidy gave him a dirty look. Again with that look, Cassidy Ann, because you've been asking for it for a while now. We can start now, if you like. No chance. Stop being so mean. Mean? I'm mean? If I'm mean, what the hell was he to you? I, well, maybe I should. Maybe. Cassidy, are you hearing yourself, for God's sake? Chance, stop. Please, will you hear me out? There was silence between them as they glared at one another. That is, until Cassidy looked away, because she was crying again. Chance sat Cassidy up on the couch. Then he rose and sat on the couch beside her. Listen, baby sister, I don't want to be angry at you. I don't like it. I'm more angry at Kyle and the situation, but I'm also afraid you can't see what he's like and how bad he is. I need you to know that you have to be careful and watch out for men like Kyle, even if it's to bring them home and let me meet them. I don't want to ruin your life. I want to protect you, that's all. I know, Chance, but you're always angry at me and treat me like I'm still a little girl that you have to take care of, and it really bothers me. Cassidy was crying again. Look at me. I'm always crying like a baby when I'm around you. Come here, honey. Chance handed her more tissues, slid her onto his lap, and hugged her to him. After a few minutes, he pulled her away so she could look at him and listen to what he had to say. I treat you like a little girl because I've raised you since you were a little girl. And that's what you'll always be to me. But Chance, I'm... Chance put his finger to her lips, and to stop her, so he could continue. Honey, I know what you are. Hear me out so you understand why you are what you are. When Mum and Dad died, you were only nine years old. Actually, almost ten. You were nine and a half. I was twenty-one. Mum and Dad lingered in the hospital for a couple of days after the car accident. Dad woke when I was sitting with him once. Mum had already passed. He woke long enough to ask me to promise him to take care of you, like you were my own child, not my sister, to love you for them, and to always let you know how much he and Mum loved us. He asked me not to spoil you, to make him sure you grew into a beautiful, polite, and gracious lady like our Mum. And that's all I've wanted for you and them. There are times, I know I did well, baby girl, but there are times like this, that I wonder what I should have done differently, or what I did wrong. No chance, you were the best. Don't you see? I was supposed to bitch and complain as a teen. It's what teen girls do. Now, as an adult, I have no idea what's wrong with me, but it's not you, Chance. I love you so much. I love you too, baby girl, but I can't change who I am. I'll always worry about you, and I probably will always be bossy, unless you marry someone bossier than me. He laughed. Between tears, she looked up into his dark green eyes and said, Well, chances of that ever happening are slim. I went against everything in me to let you get your own place. I was just getting comfortable with my decision when I find out you had moved in with Kyle Phillips. As angry as I was at you and him, I was furious at myself for allowing you to get your place, which was the start of all this. Cassie started to say something, but Chance stopped her. Honey, I know it's wrong for me to think like that. I know all the right words. It's also something I'll have to deal with myself. Nobody can help me through this. You'll have to leave it with me. I'm so sorry, Chance. I really, really am. He didn't say anything, but hugged her tight to his chest again, and Cassidy cried harder. The two sat like that for a while, until there was a knock at the front door. 
Chance was going to ignore it, but whoever it was, was persistent. Chance slid Cassidy back onto the couch. Are you okay, baby girl? Can I leave you to get the door? She nodded her head and then looked at him and said, Yes, go. While her brother went to the door, she quickly tried to fix her face from all the tears. She could hear her brother talking to someone. Then his voice turned angry. Oh, God, what's happened? Who's he talking to? She yelled for him, but at first he didn't answer and it scared her. She yelled louder. Chance, are you okay? Chance, where are you? Will you answer me? Cassidy was starting to put her feet on the floor to try and walk to the door when her brother walked into the room, followed by Joe Billings. Shit, 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 why is he here? I'm like an idiot around him. I'm sure I look awful after all that crying. It had to be the one guy I had a stupid teenage crush on, and here I am an adult and I still have a damn crush on the guy. I can't have him see me looking like this. He isn't stupid. I'm sure he can see me and how I look at him. No matter how hard I try not to show it, then he'll see how I feel about him if he hasn't already, and I'll be absolutely mortified. So stop looking, Cass, for God's sake. Where the hell do you think you're going? Chance froze her with his look and his voice. I heard you yell, and I called and called for you and got scared when you didn't answer. Is everything all right? No, honey, not really. Let me get Joe a beer, and then we'll talk. I'll be right back. Joe bent down and kissed Cassidy's cheek. Hey, little girl, what's happened to you? Did you get into an accident or something? Bet you scared the living crap out of your big worrywart brother. Would you stop calling me little girl? You're as bad as my brother. I'm not a little girl, and I have a name, Joe. It's Cassidy. That's when Chance walked into the room. Hey, you, don't be so rude. What's with you? No problem, Chance. She just doesn't like being called little girl anymore, so it's my fault, he laughed. Yeah, if only she'd acted. He gave her a look as he handed Joe a beer. Can you two stop giving me looks and shots, please? What was all the commotion at the door? Can you please tell me, now that you've got your beer? Before I go, in keeping with the policy of this show, being educational as well as entertaining, I thought I'd pass along some info for you. Uh, we use acronyms every day, and I thought you'd be interested in knowing some... Uh, some acronyms that are in common use, and some that you may not realize. Um, uh, and I, I wanted to tell you the difference between uh, between an acronym and an initialism. Now, they're two different things, but they look the same. The musical group ABBA is an acronym, and uh, it's an acronym of the first names of the band's members. Agnetha, Bjorn, Benny, and Annie Frid. There's a musical group called Nerd. <laughs> no one ever really dies. Uh, SHIELD, the TV show, it stands for Strategic Homeland Intervention, Enforcement, and Logistics Division. And believe it or not, our old favorite Yahoo is an acronym. Yet another hierarchical, officious oracle. That's a little esoteric, but here's some, uh, here's some other ones that are, that are common acronyms we use all the time. In uh, chat, BOLO is be on the lookout. You'll see that on a lot of TV shows. It used to be uh, put out an APB. Now it's put out a BOLO. It used to be all points bulletin. Now it's be on the lookout. Uh, FISH is first in, still here. FOMO is the fear of missing out. And I'm not sure whether this one, uh, it's, a, it's a file extension. And I'm not sure whether it's pronounced GIF or GIF, but it's graphics interchange format. Now, that's, uh, those are acronyms, okay?
How about initialisms? Initialisms, the difference between an initialism and an acronym. The initialism is you pronounce each letter. So uh, if you're away from the keyboard, you would put that as AFK or be back later as BBL, but you wouldn't try to pronounce them the way you would uh, Yahoo or, uh, or uh, <laughs> Snafu. I won't tell you what that one means. That's an old Armed Forces one. BBS, be back soon. Or in the early days of the computer, that was a bulletin board system. BEG is Big Evil Grin. And of course, BRB, everybody knows what that means. Be right back. BTW, by the way. And then there's uh, a few that are a little more, a little more rare. IDK, which is I don't know, and uh, IMO, or uh, in my opinion, or IMHO, which is in my humble opinion. And then there's uh, IRL in real life, NOYB, which I love. That's none of your business. And sometimes that has the added letters uh, NOYGDB, and we won't. Uh, dwell on what that is because it's a family show. Those are just a few of the uh, uh, common ones that uh, that are in use all the time. And, uh, well, of course, don't forget the uh, the good old standard OMG, oh my God, or uh, the uh, Parents Over Shoulder, which is POS, and ROFL, which is Roll on the Floor Laughing, or uh, ROFLMAO, which... Well, I'll leave that to you to look up. SMH is shaking my head, and of course, talk to you later is TTYL. A little bit of uh, a little bit of education for you, uh, just to show you the kind of uh, high level this show sets when it comes to uh, entertainment. That'll about do it for this issue, and hope you've enjoyed it. Been glad to have you along. I get off at the next light. This is Dave Foreman. And uh, the podcast name is Whatever. And thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you next time, wherever you get your podcasts.